When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Keep your whole home running like clockwork. From the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet, you'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. the Cubs related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan and we are also joined by a special guest today. And given that we are recording this on Thursday, March 26th, we should all be getting ready to watch the Cubs and Brewers play on opening day, baseball returning. But as we have discussed and all of you are aware, that is not the reality of the world. But We have gotten a guest, and we have a show planned that I think will do at least a little bit of justice to filling that void for you guys, because this is a guest that we have wanted to have on the show for a long time. If you somehow listen to this show and are not familiar with his work, I would be pretty shocked at that uh, and curious as to how you found this podcast, actually. But without uh, much further ado, we are joined uh, by Bleacher Nation himself. You know him from Bleacher Nation, BN Bulls, BN Bears, Baseball is Fun, the On to Waveland podcast by The Athletic, which means we are joined by Brett Taylor. Brett, it is an absolute pleasure to have you. Holy Lord, Corey, that was like, um, there is pressure now. I mean, that was like, (laughs) thank you. By the way, I mean, like, thank you. That was some seriously hyped intro. I don't even think no one in my family has ever been that kind in introducing me before. So, you know, we, I can try confirm to... that is the nicest thing Corey has ever said about anyone, Brett. So you should really <laughs> feel honored with that. Well, I was going to say we, we had Len Casper on at one point, and I think he also remarked like, wow, that was a good intro. So maybe I have a skill at uh, – gassing people up a little bit before before they come <laughs> on the pod but it is well deserved again as i said if you are unfamiliar with brett's work i would be very surprised but he is one of if not the premier voice uh, online and especially in social media for the chicago cubs so it is a pleasure to have him here and i think no better guest to just be here today as we are all lamenting the fact that we do not have Chicago Cubs baseball on the air, as Pat Hughes would have said today. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about that, about the void that we are all feeling, because I, I think leading up to this without spring training, it was a little more abstract that baseball was canceled and not here. But now that we're actually crossing off games that we should have been getting played, starting to, it's not starting to, it feels a little bit more real, at least on, on my end. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we have a fun discussion that Brendan and I have debated and kind of wanted to do on here for a a while now and that Brett actually brought up 
on Twitter earlier this week. So it all kind of worked out to to do this together. But Brett, I, I want to start with you. Uh, it it should have been opening day. I, I've been reading everybody's tweets and at Cubs, they're they're in in the middle of a live airing of Game Seven of the 2016 World Series, which is Chicago Cubs win, by the way. Uh, right now. People forget that. Yes. People do forget that. So glad to have Brett in on that bit on this podcast. That's that's going to go in our Hall of Fame. But um, they're, they're doing that now. Everybody's – I've seen a lot of pictures, people in Cubs gear, uh, all the social media accounts doing M- uh, opening day at home with the MLB hashtag. How you how you hanging in there, Brett? This is uh, there's so much going on in the world around us that obviously takes precedence. And I know you you actually just tweeted something to this effect that the the health situation is the of the utmost importance, and everybody staying at home and staying safe. But since we're just talking about baseball here, how, how you hanging in there? How how you dealing with what should have been opening day on on this Thursday? Well, thanks. I mean, you know, again, thank you for having me on. Um, it, in a way it um you know being here to just talk with you guys on a day like today actually helps you know it's it <laughs> it um it provides a little bit of a sense of like okay this is a thing that we would do when baseball is happening so that feels good for a moment and um yeah i think that um like you said the the advent of what would have been opening day uh, for as much as we might like to think that we are mature and like we knew this was coming and we know that there are much, much more important things going on in the world. Um, I, I, I gotta say, I think maybe even the more mature approach is to admit that, um, that in, in the middle of this really hard time nationally, it's okay to feel um, to, to maybe grieve a little bit about the loss of some of those normal things that we've been looking forward to. And it probably would be a lot harder on ourselves if we like, like, you know, I'm speaking for myself. Like I realized today I was really sad that there was no baseball today. I didn't think I was going to feel that way, but it, it hit me. I, I felt really, really sad. And I, of course, then you go through the stages and I felt guilty for feeling that way because we all know what's going on right now. That's so much more serious. Um, but again, I, I think maybe it's the more mature approach to be like, look, no, I, I, that's how I feel. I'm allowed to feel that way. And, um, you know, I know that we'll all get through the, the different layers of this situation, but for today, what was supposed to be opening day, which is, you know, it just means so much to so many of us to not have that. It it does. It 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 digs at you. And and I, you know, I've just been just been kind of trying to cruise through it today. And and like I said, being on here to talk to you guys, it really does help. Yeah. You know, opening day is so nostalgic, right? Like it's the one thing on a year to year basis where it truly feels like a holiday. And I know for you, Brett of course, and Corey and all of us and everyone on Cubs Twitter, like this is the one day where it feels like everything is anew, so to speak. And this would have been one day where we look back on this offseason, which a little bit stagnant to a lot of people's frustration, but we would have forgotten all of that. And it is sad. It is it is minor in the grand scheme of things. Baseball will be back eventually, but it it sucks. It really does. This is this might be the only time in like our, our lives that an opening day will be taken away from a national emergency. It's, it's quite odd and something that I would have never expected, but we will get through it. And I know a lot of us on Cubs Twitter and in the community, we find ways to get through it. And in, in a weird way, it is comforting that everyone has their own way of dealing with this. Yeah, it, it it really hit me. I I think this will come to a surprise to nobody, but it, it did hit me when John Lester logged on to Twitter today to just tweet mm. something to the effect of that this is the worst opening day ever, but the focus is on keeping everybody safe and and thanking our frontline healthcare workers and stuff like that. But but just hearing from John and and knowing that the the boys should have been in Milwaukee playing. Just, uh, yeah, again, as they all said, the the situation 
in this country and in the world is the most important. But I think you're right, Brett. I think it's totally fair to just admit that, of course, that's more important, but this is a, a, a thing that occupies a very big space in all of our lives, and it's not there. And, you know, you really kind of feel that, I think, more than anything today. It's been fun to watch along on Marquee with the run to the ring and relive the playoffs. And like I said, they're they're doing a live thing on, on Twitter right now with Game 7. But that was, you know, fun really until today. And then it's like, man, like we were supposed to have real games today. It was supposed to get going. We're only a few days now from what should have been the home opener at Wrigley Field. I saw some people looking at the weather and and thinking, oh man, it would have been like kind of nice relative for Chicago in in this time of year. And it's just uh, not going to happen. But I I, I will say, and, and, and I think Brett being on here today is a good example of this. I and I think Brendan is in a similar spot. I, I haven't been a, a part of Cubs Twitter and, and this community for as long as others, um, but I'm very grateful for that community on, on days like today. I think I have no a doubt. lot of friends that I talk to that watch baseball, family members and stuff like that, but not that many of them are this in, right, and and obsessed and, and living with literally every single thing that is going on in, in the Cubs world. You, you know, you could use, say, do they know who Kevin Rizzo is as a litmus test? And, and a lot more people on Cubs Twitter do than, say, just people I know in, in, in the regular world, if you will. So I, I'm, I'm grateful for that community and being able to interact with everybody and, and kind of lament with everybody and uh, figure out ways to pass the time with everybody. So that that's that's kind of where I am. We we do have a discussion topic that we want to get to and and I think it's a fun one and and one that can hopefully distract you for a little bit, give you something to think about. This is one that I do want to hear your answers to this uh and and what I was alluding to before was Brennan and I had talked about this uh in in slightly different terms, but very similar. And just with, like, the games going on and news and things like that, it, it we never really found the time to devote a full podcast to it or even really talk about it. But then I think Michael Cantor from CubsInsider.com tweeted, uh, who would be on your Mount Rushmore of all-time Chicago Cubs? And then Brett responded to that but said, I'm going to limit it to the last decade because the, the full scope of, you know, the 100-plus years is just too much to deal with. So... That that was similar. When Brendan and I had discussed it, we had, had done the Theo era, which is basically the same thing, uh, on, you know, unless you have particular members prior to Theo, but within the last 10 years, and I'm not sure who that would be. But so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about who would be on your Mount Rushmore. So four guys were erecting a, a giant structure somewhere in the city of Chicago dedicated. Can I just, sorry, yes. can I just pause you for a second? Yes. Um, you said erecting. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's all. That was. I just had. To, That's okay. I just had it's to fair that. to point out, and yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And I and as I said it, I was like, I know this is going to get. You uh, knew it. Yeah, too. of course. <laughs> but somewhere in the city of Chicago, we are putting. And now I'm just going to say putting. I'm not going to do it again. Um, we are building this structure, a giant structure devoted to this last decade of the Chicago Cubs. We're going to limit it to players because I think it gets a little confusing if you involve staff members or, or things like that. Brendan would assuredly put Clark on there for some unknown No reason. doubt. Yeah. Top two at least. Okay. Anyway, but we're going to limit it to players, and your criteria can be whatever you want. You just have to be able to justify it. We're going to justify it to you guys and, and to each other, uh, but you just have to be able to come up with some reason. If somebody asked you, how'd you land on these four guys— you can do all hitters. You can do all pitchers. I'm not. There's no. There's no rules. Whoever you think deserves to be up there. So, I think the easiest way to do this is for each of us to list our four, and then we can. I imagine there will be some similarities, and I imagine there will be some differences. So we can then dive into it more. But Brett, if you want to give us who would be on on your Mount Rushmore of the last decade of Chicago Cubs baseball, and then maybe just a. We'll start with a brief synopsis of of your thinking sure sure so i mean i'm lucky that uh, if we're doing uh, the mount Rushmore of the joe madden era the one that i had come up with for the last decade is functionally the same uh so that's that's uh, handy for me that i didn't really have to rethink it um the 
the obligatory caveat that I'll throw out to my list. Um, well, maybe two. I like to caveat things. Uh, one is that, of course, there are more than four Cubs from this era that yes. we all love. <laughs> okay? Like, come on. It's it, the, the nature of cutting it off at four is such that there will be debate. Okay? So please, nobody just like stomp on my grapes because there are some people that are left off that I know I seem crazy for not having on there, but I got my reasons. And then the other caveat is when I think about a Mount Rushmore, I think that of course you could rank your top four, like most impactful or, you know, whatever. But like, I like to think about these things as not just the four best, but like the four that sort of represent an era to me. Uh, so that's kind of how I was thinking about it. So, okay. Uh, for me, Chris Bryant is on there. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is on there. Jake Arietta is on there. And Pedro Strope is the fourth. That's, that's my group of four. Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. I've been riding a motorcycle for 52 years. I started having back pain that turned into a knee pain. I couldn't even sit on the motorcycle. I was like, oh man, am I going to have to give up riding bikes? Kaiser Permanente, they decided I needed a hip replacement. So I was going to do it through outpatient surgery. <laughs> Panned out great. Recovered overnight. Was home by 11 o'clock the next morning. I'm glad I made the choice for Kaiser Permanente. I'm enjoying life. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan in the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101, East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. So my four, number one, Chris Bryant, and maybe not in any particular order. So this top four is Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. Uh, I have Jake Arrieta as well. And I have, it's it hurts to say, because like you said, Brett, you're leaving people out and it's it's going to it's gonna peeve some people here. I, I have Ben Zobris and the other options, of course, like we're, like none of us have said Javi yet. People are going to hate that. But for me, Zobris kind of, and we'll get into it maybe, but he kind of represented that final stepping stone from 2015 to 2016. And of course, the game when he hit in the World Series. But those are my top four. I have uh, KB, Rizzo, Arietta, and Zobrist. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think Brendan pulled pulled a fast one on me because uh, I did. I that did. was not <laughs> that was not where you were leaning when we talked uh, a little bit ago. But I I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we'll we'll do it live. Uh, but Let's do it live. Okay. So my top two is the same. Uh, I really debated this. I will tell you that when I reached out to Brett to come on the podcast earlier this week, I had a different four than I am going to present to you now. I slept on it. I talked about it to myself, of course, as I always do, and I landed on something different. And so I'm going to rectify an issue that Brendan just pointed out, but I have Brizzo on one side. I think if we're, you know, building the, the monument as well in my They're head. They're in the center, right? Yeah, they, sh- they should be next yeah, to each other, to. just, just no for doubt. sure. I am going to add Javi Baez. He was my last one in. That was one of the ones I was flip-flopping on. And... Guys, you know me, if you've listened to this podcast, if you follow me on Twitter, over my dead body is this getting built without John Lester on it, okay? So that's my four. I will tell you that the debate that I had with myself was Javi and Jake Arrieta. If you told me... We, we, if, if the artist told me we can't do Javi for whatever reason, he's, he's too electric, I can't capture it in stone, we have to do Arietta, I'd be like, okay. I, I, I'm fine with it either way, but I, I, I had Arietta originally, I changed to Javi, and that's where I landed. So Rizzo, Bryant, Lester, Javi. So the first place I, I want to go, and I'll throw it to you first here, Brett, and I, and I have a question for you. We all have Rizzo and Bryant. My question to you is, in my mind, when I was going through this, I think that you could make an argument to leave pretty much anybody off except Anthony Rizzo. I, I, would, I would argue Bryant as well, but I, I think that Rizzo's case 
I just don't think, unless you were doing it in bad faith, and there are certain participants on Twitter, right, we don't have to name names, that would do this just to be contrarian, right, just if this were a thought exercise. But I just don't think you can make an argument to not have Rizzo on here. I think you could you could do any combination of four guys, but if you don't have Rizzo on there, I just can't see it. Am, am I off base in that? Do you think Bryant might also be in that category, or how did you see these two? Because we all have them. Yeah, no, I think that's spot on, and I think there's a couple reasons for it. One, um, there's the longevity. I mean, there right. there is a difference between a guy who you know has been around a few years or a couple of years, and a guy who's been here for the better part of that decade. Um, and then, but I think more than that. Even if you pushed back against the idea, again, feels like bad faith to me. But if you push back against the idea about Rizzo's performance, you know, being being um, just so elite that you have to include him, even if you accepted that, I don't think you could argue against the idea that he has become the face of the Cubs for this decade. Um, and, And on a team that has had so many faces and has so many guys that you associate with this era. Rizzo stands above as the guy who's just like this. He is associated with these Cubs so deeply and indelibly that I completely agree. I think you could make arguments about anybody else, but there just, there is not a reasonable argument uh, about Rizzo. What about Chris Bryant though? Like to me, like he's like Rizzo has his own characteristics and it's more of as you were saying a longevity thing and dating back to even when he was first acquired and going through AAA and all of that but Bryant and Rizzo do seem intertwined of course Rizzo and all of that but it's hard to mention the other without mentioning the duo at least in my mind am I off base there too no I mean I think that I think the argument would look something like um, there were there were three other guys that I just felt like I had to include, um, and Bryant, you know, for his extreme early success in the big leagues, had a couple years that were less impactful, um, and he he maybe maybe you feel like there are three other guys in addition to Rizzo that sort of um, connect emotionally to this Cubs era um, because Mm. Bryant for, for all his um, really incredible performance, I think he doesn't necessarily drive the same, like, I don't know, emotional connection that people have to like Javi Baez Mm -hmm. or John Lester or Jake Arrieta. Um, Again, that's the argument you could make. I I am not making that argument, but you could, (laughs) you could make that argument. Yeah. I, I, I thought personally that, it was Rizzo that you have to have. I wouldn't agree with you on an argument on Bryant, but I I could maybe entertain it. But like Rizzo, if 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 there were a set of criteria for something like this, and I didn't give you one specifically, but he would check every box. Like like you mentioned, Brett, he he's been here forever. He was a part of the the, the pre success period, the the rebuild period, and. He's one of the most philanthropic guys in baseball. He's become the de de facto captain of the team. If I were guessing if they were going to build a statue outside of Wrigley Field of one person from the team that wins the World Series, I think it would be him catching the final out. He he, And this isn't some, you know, he's not a backup player or someone that just, you know, caught on and and people made a connection to, like, he's really good on the baseball field as well. He's been an all-star, he's winning defensive awards, he's a top hitter. Has he been in, like, the 2015 to now era the best single player on any of these teams? No, but he's really good. It's not like we're, we're... picking someone who's who's not a star uh, as a baseball player. So I, I think he just checks every box, and, and I think you would have to be deliberately being a contrarian to not have Rizzo on there. And I, and I, I just can't imagine the, the argument that you would be making. But I, I think that Bryant's close. I think to me, uh, especially in, in 2016 when he wins the MVP and all the other accolades that he's racked up, like 
if you want to make an argument to leave off like probably the best single player that they've had uh when when he's healthy and and going you can i i I wouldn't though like that that's that's (laughs) your call it just isn't the direction that i would go but I'm not surprised that that we all have Brizzo. Uh, I would expect that a lot of our listeners, where we we try to preach, especially the the Chris Bryant gospel, as much as we can. So I would hope that you mm-hmm. guys have both of them. But it's your list; you can and can do as you wish. Uh, but I want to turn to we'll we'll debate the Arietta Lester thing in a second. But I, I want to ask Brett, and you alluded to this, Brendan. Since since you threw out a caveat, Brett, uh, I will also throw out one. I would be surprised if you have many outlets out there, podcasts, websites, whatever, that sang Pedro Strope's praises as much as we did on this podcast when he was a member of the Chicago Cubs, fought against the unfair slander against him, tilted our hats to the left, <laughs> Never et tolerated it. Nope. Yep. Right. So I don't ask this question because I think that you are wrong to do this, uh, but if I were guessing for the listeners, and this was the result when you posted this on Twitter as well, which is a little bit of a a cheat for me. But I would guess that of the names that we threw out there, although I wasn't expecting Brendan to add Zobris, so maybe I have to think about that. Uh, Give you a head. Yeah, I'm thinking that Strope might be, of these names, the most controversial. So talk us through that one. Yeah, and I, you know, for anyone who doesn't know me i guess you can't like say these things about yourself but uh i'll i'll try anyway i'm i'm totally not someone who just like throws stuff out for controversy and like uh just tries to stir the pot um for me I, of course i knew when i said that that pedro strope would be the one that people would be like what pedro over john lester or javi Baez or kyle Hendricks?" <laughs> but like so a, a couple reasons one so again it's a mount rushmore to me it's not like the four best or most impactful or whatever players it's the four that i wanted to represent this era and so Mm. when you when you have that backdrop believe me it kills me to not have javi on there uh i love Javi, but i thought you know for me i had to have the 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 first three and then it was like well i kind of feel like i want to have a reliever in there baseball is a team sport comprised of different roles um and i just i feel like i want to have a reliever in there and Pedro Strope not only has that longevity, but I mean, historically, he's among the best three or four relievers right. in Cubs history. And also his infectious personality, his connection to his teammates, his connection to the fans. It just felt wrong to me to not have him on there, even if, of course, there are other players that like impacted this era more on the field. I, no, no argument there, but just for me, when I was thinking about that group of four, it's like it just felt wrong to not have Pedro Strope on there. We mentioned it all the time too, but like of course we have the numbers with Strope. It was what five straight years with a sub three ERA consecutively, but it's the impact, as you were saying, off the field or more specifically, like within the clubhouse. And Corey and I mentioned this all the time. But And we were just talking about it, what, two episodes ago? Game one of the NLDS, Pedro Stroke goes up to Javi Baez, who we're going to debate in a little bit here. But he goes up to Javi and he says, you are going to win this game. And so Strope represented consistency and he represented that infectious personality. But he did have effects across, not even this, the bullpen, to cross from the bullpen to the position core is, is pretty unique. I mean, I was listening to John Lester talk about how he communicates with the team, and he's always around the starters, right? So to have Strobe kind of like take up uh, an authority-type figure for young players, especially Latin players, and to see Javi progress throughout the years into this MVP candidate, you have to at least give a little bit of the credit to those who are around him. And one of the central figures has been Pedro Strobe. Yeah, I, I like I said, you're you're not really going to get any argument out of us. I just figured that that would be the one 
that if anybody, people would be like, okay, we need a, we need an explanation on that one. But I, I'm envisioning it now. And, you know, I have Brizzo on one side and, and, you know, the hat tilted to the left on this particular monument. It looks good in my head as, as I'm, I'm trying to picture it. <laughs> I, this is really random and we don't have to digress on this too much, but I'm rather. Wait, can amused. I just, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Can I just add one thing real quick? People don't know. Teddy Roosevelt also used to wear his hat to the left. Really? There you go. And uh, it's very go. disappointing they did not, you know, commemorate that. But, so uh, there, there would be some similarities there with with the spirit exactly. of the that, actual that was, Mount Rushmore. That's the real reason. <laughs> yeah, that I, but it all makes sense. Now. I again, we don't have to digress on this too much. Uh, but this is just so random as we're recording this at uh, seven o'clock central on Thursday. The Cubs optioned Dylan Maples to AAA, so there's no baseball mm-hmm. going on, but we have a transaction coming across on Twitter. I don't know that that means anything to anybody, but... Well, can I... Yeah, can yeah, I you're the perfect person well, for this, Brett, please. Yeah. So I don't know that I don't know that we yet know precisely why this is, but a lot of teams today optioned um, players on the 40-man roster to AAA, guys who were not likely to make the opening day roster, mm-hmm. um, all across baseball. And so I suspect... Uh, that there is when we get this the deal that's being put together you know like what the structure of this the player compensation and service time and all that stuff we're going to get that any moment now i Mm -hmm. suspect we're going to be able to parse through that and be like oh that's why teams didn't want certain guys still technically you know active on the big league roster because like we're in this weird time right where it's like this is sort of still spring training um But I think we're going to find out that there were logistical reasons. Uh, and I'll have to dig in. I'm actually surprised that it was only Dylan Maples for the Cubs, <laughs> even in the absence of knowing why. <laughs> I, I kind of expected, you know, because there's more guys that were still in camp that I think didn't necessarily have a – that maybe weren't going to make the team. But anyway, that's a little, little segue there. Well, there you go. I just was scrolling through Twitter, and it's obviously been mostly just people posting 2016 highlights and things like that. And then Jordan Bastian and Sahad of Sharma are, are jumping in with actual news. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I'm like, what year is it? Um, so what you're saying is rather than listening to me and Brendan, you just like, you know, this is a staple. Corey yeah. never listens to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to you very closely, Brett, but once Brendan goes, I drift off pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, the, the earphones Oh, that's come true. Off. Brendan was yeah. talking, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair. Don't take any offense to that, Brett. But getting back to uh, the, the Mount Rushmore situation, now that the major breaking Dylan Maples news is out of the way, uh, let's, let's just do the – well, Brendan, why don't you take us through Ben Zobris first because that's the other – remaining uh solo choice and then we can get into the high we'll finish with the arietta lester discussion and then uh javi Baez. well i mean zobris before he was even a cop he represented what we see as that super utility guy right that that we want to see ian hap turn into and some other guys around the league who are attempting to mirror what zobris did so that in itself is memorable for me but as I was saying earlier, when Zobris was signed, it was like the last piece to this puzzle, so to speak. Because after 2015 and Theo's end of season presser, we knew what the Cubs were going to attempt to do. They were going to attempt to improve their contact, to limit the whiffs, maybe add more veteran leadership. And Zobris was the perfect candidate that encompassed all of those targets. And when he came over, made an immediate impact. And just to go into the postseason, he moved from, at the time, second base to the outfield. And I think it's an, it's an underrated feature of what Zobris did, because when he moved from second base to the outfield, Javi took over. Javi became more or less like that everyday second baseman before ultimately taking over shortstop. But having that utility kind of allowed others to develop as well. And that's not even talking about Zobris's effect in the World Series, the eventual go-ahead hits, right, in Game 7. I mean, the, what the guy did and represented and his character and how people perceived the guy, to me, it's hard to look back on the World Series and not think of Zobrist as one of the key pieces and one of the most memorable guys from that entire experience for me. I think that's fair. Uh, not in my, what wasn't, you know, my fifth guy, I, I, I would be honest in saying I wasn't really considering him, but if we had extended it a little, I can, I can definitely see that. Uh, but 
Let's talk Jake Arietta and John Lester for a moment. I would moment, love to. Shall we? Uh, we have two yes. votes for Jake Arietta and obviously one vote for John Lester. So I'll, I'll throw it to you first, Brett. I, I debated this a lot. And like I said, I didn't debate Lester versus Arietta. It was always going to be Lester. And not just to keep up with my <laughs> online persona, right? Uh, but I, I really genuinely believe it and would make the argument for it. But I I had Arietta in there, and I just couldn't I couldn't sleep knowing that Javi was not going to be a part of this. And I was also kind of scared if all of us left Javi off that you know we would just get burned. <laughs> We'd all be canceled. Yeah, I, I would not be I would not be logging on to Twitter uh, tomorrow or maybe for the foreseeable future. But talk talk me through Jake Arietta, and since we're we're debating these two pitchers. How do, how would you see? Where was John Lester in your thinking for all of this? How close would he have been to to getting on? And and why did you land on Arietta as the lone starting pitcher representative? You know, when I knew that Brizzo was going to be on there for sure, then it was like, okay, I've got to have a starting pitcher. I kind of want to have a reliever, and so then it, there was only one spot left, so to speak, and it was like, okay, well, it's got to be Jake Arietta or John Lester. I mean, there was no like all appropriate love to Kyle Hendricks. I mean, I think you could make an argument for Kyle Hendricks for a variety of reasons. Um, but it just felt like in terms of, again, the impact, the connection, the moments, all that kind of stuff. It just felt like to me, it had to be either Arietta or Lester. And, uh, it, it was close. I mean, truly, but ultimately I just thought because Arietta's impact was just so over the top significant, um, because um, when I think about the best, um, the best of the Cubs during this era, like Arietta just comes to mind for me. And that's not a slight against John Lester. Very steady, critical to turning the corner for this team. Uh, just balls out awesome in the postseason. Um, just I couldn't shake the the fact that you know. Cy Young winner, most dominant second half ever. Uh, it just, I don't know, couldn't couldn't leave Arietta off. Arietta to me was like the best pitcher I've seen in a Cubs uniform for that for that time period. Right, that second half of 2015 was unbelievable, and for him to throw a no hitter against the Dodgers, who Corey Knight despised the Dodgers, that was incredible for us. But with with Arietta too, it's like that that mindset for for me that 2015 uh, wild card game, so anxious. And then you're scrolling through Twitter, and I will never forget seeing Arietta's reply to what was going to be some heckling from the Pittsburgh Pirates fans. And Arietta replied to paraphrase, just like basically, know what you're doing is not going to matter. And that was like a sense of relief, like oh okay, someone. And we, we know this this Cubs team is always like in tune and trying to you know go their full throttle. But to see that on Twitter for me was something I was not even accustomed to. And you always in the back of your mind in twenty in two thousand three, for example, you always wonder like, hey, does this team can it get through that pressure, right? And to have Arietta in twenty fifteen just put that to bed, go out there, shove for a complete game was eleven strikeouts, one of the best postseason appearances I believe in Major League history. That was insane to me. And for that to come out of more or less nowhere, you know, with Arietta being kind of a former quote unquote busted top prospect, I don't even feel right saying that. But the expectations for Arietta were not that high when he first came over and he completely revamped his game. That slider, that cutter going opposite with the two-seamer, and then the spike curveball was incredible. And yeah, like when you look back on this era, as you're saying, Brett, he kind of represents that greatness. So I I, I know it's not like going to be a popular opinion when you have other guys to talk about, but that's for me as a fan, like that's what I'll remember this era is those types of great moments. And Arietta absolutely represents that. Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 
Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your teenager to help around the house? Okay, Mom, I emptied the dishwasher, vacuumed the basement, and folded the sheets out of the dryer. Wait, what? Oh, and next, I'm going to clean Mitten's litter box. Are we in some kind of prank show or something? That's a camera, isn't it? There's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit geico.com for details. Yeah, so, okay, now over to me, right, to make <laughs> make my case. Yeah, here, six minutes of John Lester talk. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I think this is really close. And, I mean, even if you look at, like, their F war through their time with the Chicago Cubs, at least by my calculation, it was separated by 1.5, right? So it's it's very close. They both have... <laughs> so many big performances and moments. Um, and I would be lying if I said that Arietta's 2015 especially was the biggest, I think, accomplishment of either of the two. But maybe it's recency bias and just the fact that John has still been here for a couple years. And then I, I don't, maybe it's just the fact that I'm biased towards John Lester, obviously. But I just deferred to him. I I think that, as I've always talked about, his signing with the team, I think, is so much of a catalyst to taking them to that next level. We've heard so much, and you can see just his relationships with some of the younger players. I think his, his presence and his leadership for those teams with so many guys that were 24, 25 years old, whatever was was so important. I, I'm going to give him, and I, I made up the, there is no criteria, so I can do whatever I want here. I'm going to give John a little credit. I'm going to lump a little bit of David Ross's impact in with John Lester, because that's why David Ross mm, is okay. there. You can say that I'm cheating by Ooh. doing that, but I'm taking credit for it, so whatever. And you just look like the year they win the World Series, the year the Chicago Cubs win the World Series, John Lester yeah, finishes happened, yeah. second in the Cy Young voting. He's an all-star. He is lights out against the San Francisco Giants in game one of the NLDS. He throws, I think, 13.2 innings against the Dodgers in the NLCS, gives up two runs. He comes out of the bullpen in Game 7 of the World Series. It's not his fault that Joe Madden relented on not bringing him into a dirty inning, okay? But I have to go with John. And even after Arietta wasn't on the team, they don't win this game. But John was really good in the wild card game against the Rockies. Gives up one run, I think, in six innings in yeah. that game. And has been exactly the player that they brought him over to be every year in the playoffs, that that horse you can rely on and and just put the team on his back. Um, And, you know, I think Arietta immediately came over as a really good hitter. John has developed into a, a power hitter himself. So I think, you know, even there, John, John's making strides. <laughs> he's to, got a to good swing, there. man. Yeah. We always knew that was Oh, he's got a beautiful swing. <laughs> yeah. He does. Somehow he does. I found I found a way to make this conversation about John Lester hitting, and I'm very proud of that. But I, I think it's I think it's really splitting hairs. Uh, I think that you're not wrong to make either decision. I, I think if you're there, there's no argument, and I wouldn't make this argument. Like Jake Arrieta, like you said, Brett, and and you followed Brendan, his presence and and the way that he captivated Cubs Nation, especially in that 2015 season, was not something that John Lester has rivaled. He he just hasn't. It's it's something that few players have rivaled. Just the way that Jake Arietta commanded the mound. And I mean, I remember during that time, my mom would text me, who's pitching today? And I would say, Arietta, so they're going to win. And I was never being sarcastic, and it was never wrong. Like, that entire second half, it was just like, yeah, yeah already is pitching. They're going to win. So, it was like, happy Jake Arietta did. Yeah. So I, I fully admit that. I, I, I would be horrified to, to not have John Lester on mine, but I, I, I wouldn't necessarily call you wrong for going with Arietta. I will say, though, again, thinking of the artist or the sculptor, the beard would be difficult to get right if, if we're, we're carving this <laughs> out of stone. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to think of, of the, the poor guy trying to put this together, and it would be difficult to, to do it justice. So, uh, you know, again, like I think, I think everybody knows what I would say about John Lester and, and just how important his 
signing was, his presence, and how much he has delivered on exactly what they brought him in to be. But I, I think Arietta, you know, like you guys said, also represents so much in uh, in and of himself in that he was here before things got good. He represents someone that the Cubs went out and identified and made significant changes to to turn into what he was. And I don't think that that's uh, something to gloss over. And and I think that's really when I'm talking about Arietta because he's not on mine, that was one where it was like, just because they're not on there shouldn't be taken as a slight at them or their contributions. It's just that we're only picking four. And to repeat myself, over my dead body, am I not picking John Lester for one of these four spots? So I, I think that's uh, about all we have. We, we, we talked about Javi a, a little bit. Brett, I don't know if you had any—I I, I think you talked about this a little bit, but any any final thoughts on, on not having Javi on there? And, and just to—like as a leading question, do you, do you think that—how much time do you think would have to go by— a year, two years before, like Javi's assuredly on there, right? He's still got to get a new contract oh. worked out. But I imagine the the further we move in time, the, the this would really change. I think for a, a lot of these guys, perhaps. You, you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, give it. I mean, truly, it could be just one more year, right? And then it's like, uh, if if he keeps being Javi, it's like just one more year, and it's like, sorry, can't exclude him. I mean, he'd be right there with. Rizzo as a guy that you're like I gotta make room for everybody else because I have to include Javi I mean that's how close it is for me yeah I, I I would tend to agree and like that that was one of the things that I really wrestled with and I and again like for a, a game that doesn't really have any rules other than the time constraints that was one of the things that I really had to try and weigh was how much weight am I putting on say the 2015 and 2016 season versus Javi who you know really nearly wins an MVP in 2018 it's not it's definitely not his fault that the team around him doesn't live up to the expectations that they had or that 95 games wasn't enough to win that division that year he was insane in that season and so like how much weight do you give to a season like that versus what somebody does in the year they win the World Series but what what just to to wrap it up, what what pushed it over the edge for me in regard to Javi was even though he wasn't playing every day, he has huge moments in 2015 and 2016, respectively. It's that home run off of John Lackey in the 2015 NLDS. He hits yeah. a home run in Game 7 of the World Series. He wins Game 1 of the 2016 NLDS off of Johnny Cueto. He has the big hit in Game 4 to you know cap that comeback and, and eliminate the Giants. He's the co-NLCS MVP with the aforementioned John Lester. Like Even though he was not where he is today, he still was managing to find a way to get those moments in. And I and I think like that's maybe where you compare him a little bit in that respect to Ben Zobris, just where the 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 big moments and 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 things like that, how, how do you weigh them against longevity and you know, those like top tier performances? I don't know. You're gonna have to uh judge it for yourself. But I, I would be very curious to hear any of your responses. I imagine there will be a good bit of dissent. Uh, I expect to be called insane tomorrow on Twitter by at least someone. Uh, Brett has a much more sizable following than either of us, so I, you know, good luck to you. Well, I mean, I have more followers than you, Corey. That's that's true, and something you're very fond of reminding me of. Um, I am, I am, yeah. Brett, uh, I want to give you an opportunity, uh, as we always do when we have guests on here, as as infrequent as it is, an opportunity tell us where any if they don't know again I'm, I'm not really sure how that would be possible but where to find you any projects in particular you want to direct anybody to and uh any any last thoughts on on what should have been opening day 2020 for the chicago cubs well thank you guys again i'll work backwards and just say again i really appreciate you having me on um today you know when when we when we were working out the timeline on this, I didn't even really think about the fact that, that we were going to be doing this, you know, on the evening of what would have been opening day, but that was a bit of nice serendipity uh, to have this. So I really appreciate it guys. And, and yeah, for anybody listening who um, wants to check our stuff out, um, you can find us at bleachernation.com. Uh, we cover the Cubs, bears and bulls. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brett underscore a underscore Taylor 
or at Bleacher Nation. Um, and, uh, you know, appreciate uh, you guys having me on. Appreciate folks listening. Appreciate folks who do check out our work. And I want to also plug you guys because what you do is fantastic. And I really appreciate it, um, not just as part of this ecosystem in this community, but just as a consumer of Cubs-related content. So I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Brett. Appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you, Brett. And we will have to, hopefully, if, if we get baseball back uh, at some point, we'll have to get you back on to talk current baseball. And <laughs> because Michael has been on twice, and I would oh, love for shit. you to you even it out. I would love for the Bleacher Nation <laughs> staff to, you know, get on even footing there. But we don't, we don't like to play. That's favorites. a good strategy. P- pitting, pitting me and Michael against each other <laughs> yeah. is always a good <laughs> strategy. Right. Uh, but I. I think with all that said, that is all that we have for you today. I know that before we said we were going to talk about Game 6 of the NLCS to keep up with the marquee countdown, but we had Brett Taylor on instead, which is a much, much better piece of content and podcast, and I hope that you guys agree. So let us know who would be on your Mount Rushmore. Four guys, only players uh, of the Theo Epstein era, so when he joins the organizations to today— Hope you enjoyed the episode, uh, and again, we're, we're, we're all be there together to work through uh, what should have been a baseball season and, and find ways to adjust to that and, and still have that camaraderie and fandom, and as I've been saying uh, for the last several episodes here, stay home, stay safe. I hope that you and your family, friends, and, and everybody in your community is safe and healthy and getting through this oh. As always, we thank you for listening to the Cubs-related podcast, and we will talk to you in a few days. Go Cubs! Keep your whole home running like clockwork. From the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet, you'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Little did I know that when I joined Kaiser Permanente that it would be on my top 10 list for what has made this year great. I can see my physician, I can be referred to the lab, I can then be referred to the pharmacy, all in the same building. You, you've got it all. I mean, it's, it's quality of care, it's compassion of care, it's convenience of care. It's true. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity X1 gives you the most complete entertainment experience with everything from live TV to your DVR to on-demand favorites and your streaming apps. Just use your voice remote to easily find what you want to watch. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.